Hello, everybody. This is Julie with Hefzibah Talks A Lot. And today's podcast is going to be a bit of a personal podcast because I've been reflecting on things lately. I think most of my podcasts are personal. I don't feel like this really needs a preface, but we're going to give it to one anyway. So uh, I've been thinking about things um, lately. And so I want to kind of see if I can clearly express myself. That's it's really hard to do, but I'm hoping that I can manage it uh, in a way that is to the point and not rambly. So this isn't like a five hour long episode. Um, but uh, I, I guess what we could consider is that you're going to first hear about uh, what exactly I believe a rejection spirit is. Uh, then uh, I'm going to briefly talk about my fondest desire and a very earnest prayer that I've had for as long as I can remember. Um, and then I will talk about the time that prayer was answered and how detrimental um, it turned out to be in the end. But I still want that prayer answered again. So, all right, buckle up, sit down, and let's see where we end up. Okay, so this first one is uh, all about the rejection spirit. And uh, for those of you that have never heard of this, it's actually pretty, uh, I don't want to say fascinating because that's not the right way to look at it, but it's prevalent and, it, and you're aware of it. If you have it and, you, and then you realize you have it, then you become aware of it. Um, I believe that um, this this spirit can come on you through a generational curse, and I really firmly believe that's where mine is from. Um, or you can actually invite it in uh, through negative speaking. I think, and, and negative things that you do. <laughs> um, I feel like uh, mine came on me through a generational curse, and then I kind of gave it power and strength through my own mentalities and... Uh, practices and whatnot. Um, but to, to, I, I found it so hard to uh, put into words what a rejection spirit is. And then anytime I'd look online, there's really no deliverance. Like it's the weirdest thing ever. Like you look up, like how do I get delivered from a rejection, rejection spirit? And most of the stuff you'll get online is essentially like, um, oh, start, start speaking positive things into your life and, and, you know, start believing good things about yourself. But the problem with the rejection spirit is it isn't just my mentality. It isn't like I'm just sitting here going, people don't like me, I'm rejected. It's actually actively happening. I'm actually actively being rejected. And it's not like I'm speaking things into existence because a lot of the times, there are times, I'm not going to lie to you, um, when I speak it into existence in a way because I say, I don't know why I'm doing this, no one's going to respond, and then no one responds. So in that case, I'm essentially being a negative Nelly before I even open up the door. Um, so, uh, are you, or as people call it, a pessimist, you know, because I, I really am naturally pessimistic. I try not to be, but I feel like whenever I get my hopes up, they're like thoroughly dashed in very bad ways. And so I try not to be hopeful, but I, that's a thing for neither here nor there. Unless rejection of spirit is part of the reason I'm that way. I don't know. Um, but I couldn't understand why all of the focus was like on my mental health and on what I say and what I do when I know that I'm putting myself out there to not be rejected, but I'm still being rejected. And I'm still being treated like dirt. And I'm still uh, 
inconsequential and I still don't matter. And I, and I couldn't understand why that was um, until I actually reached out for help on a, a women's Christian group on Facebook. And I finally just put it out there. And one of the commenters was like, look, here's the deal with the rejection spirit. Um, it's, an actually, it's actually a demonic strategy. Um, and yes, part of it is you and what you think and what you say. But part of it is the fact that a demon actually goes. And, and guys, I'm, I'm very careful about this because, first of all, I hate to give demons any more credit or um, attention than, you know, the Bible does. I mean, basically, like, you know, they're fallen angels. God is in control uh, through Jesus Christ and through his blood. We have the authority and the power over these things. Don't give them more press time than they deserve, which is to say, like, extremely little, um, if any at all. Um, but I digress. I, I, don't, I don't blame the devil for things. I know that I make a lot of choices. And I also know that the devil is at work. Uh, and I know that he hates me. Um, I don't pretend that this stuff isn't true. However, I don't focus on him because he's not worth my time. I'm aware he's out there. I'm aware that he hates me. I'm a child of God. So, you know, I don't give him more attention than he deserves. Um, anywho. So what it is, is there's actually demonic spirits that go before you and they, they speak the negative things about you to other people. And then the other people listen. And from that, you become rejected because they feel, whatever it is, this demonic spirit speaking to them, I have no idea. It's not necessarily like he's saying, oh, she's such a loser. You know, it could be anything. The, the demonic spirit could be saying like, you know, she thinks she's better than you. And so it builds up this, like, demons aren't mind readers, okay? They don't know what you're thinking. However, things we say out loud, things we do, uh, certain ways we behave, you know, they've been studying humanity for thousands of years. So they go, oh, this person is, you know, afraid that this person is going to take, is that someone's going to take their job for them or their position. So if I make this person feel like this person's a threat, then they're going to have conflict. I mean, it, they're very, they're very strategic, they're not going to, the devil's not going to go after me for something that, a temptation that would not tempt me. If I'm tempted about something, it's because it's already there in my heart. And the devil knows this based on things I've watched, things I've said, things I've done. Um, and so he knows what temptations to bring. That's why Jesus says that the temptation comes out of the heart. All of our evil comes out of the heart. The devil can't tempt me with something that I'm not already considering or already feeding into my life, Right? And so they're just very observant, okay? <laughs> just know that. So when, the, when, these, when these rejection spirits go ahead of you, it's not like they're just spewing randomness. They know exactly what to say to a person to make them reject me. If that makes sense at all, okay? Um, so that is why if one has a rejection spirit, it's not just all mental. It's not just all in their head. I could have the most positive... Uh, belief about something I could I could enter into a situation with this firm expectation and joy and the rejection will still be there and still be acted out because these these spirits have gone before and set the stage for it which is why like I said I couldn't understand why it's not just in my head I'm not just imagining I'm being rejected I am literally being rejected um, on a fairly regular basis all right so that in a nutshell 
is what a rejection spirit is. And so the one way, um, there's many different things you can do. Uh, one of the ways to, to do this is to pray against it. So unfortunately, I keep slacking on that. So while I can definitely pray against it and bind it, uh, the devil is, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Persistent. There it is. So he wants me destroyed in whatever way he can. And so um, his goal is to crush my self-worth and my self-compassion because those are two areas where I really struggle. So rejection is the most powerful tool he can use here. Um, and so if I don't come in with my armor of God on and I don't pray protection ahead, like I, I pray that, that God sends angels before me to just clear out these rejection spirits and to deny them access to anybody that comes into any kind of contact with me in any way, shape, or form. If I don't do that on a regular basis, eventually they just creep back in because it's very easy for them to do. So um, that, in a nutshell, is my understanding of a rejection spirit. All right, so now we're going to talk about my deep-rooted prayer that I've had for as long as I can remember. And that deep-rooted prayer is friendship. I cannot express to you in any way that could actually convey the depth of agony in my soul when I cry out to God about this prayer. Um, I, for the longest time in my teen years, I begged him for it. I literally, I did have a good friend. Uh, her name, first name, I'm not going to give last names, but her name was Andrea. I have to say out of all my friends through my teen life, before I got out of high school, she's probably the one that... Uh, I'd consider the most loyal of my friends. Um, and I know that many people say, like, people in your life for a season, blah, 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 blah. But I just want you to understand that I have never had a friendship last. And I'm not blaming them by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, I know that I have shortcomings as a person and that there are things that I've done in a relationship that has caused it to break down. I'm not pretending like I'm innocent and, and all these people have problems because that's not true at all. Um, but if I had to look at my teen life, I've had a few close friends. Um, elementary school, I really didn't. I, I don't really like my elementary school self. I was going through a lot back then, but still, like, I did things in elementary school that I am not proud of. I'm not at all. They still haunt me. It's really unfortunate. Ironically, I was a kid, but still, there are things I did, willfully did, that I know was just, like, totally ungodly and wrong and it just it really vexes my soul that I was that horrible of a person which is why I believe when people are like oh people are inherently good I'm like oh no they're not no they're not people are inherently evil um, and then they have to choose to be good because it is too easy to be evil it's you just look at kids it's too freaking easy kids are, are beautiful and they're mainly innocent until we start damaging their innocence with Hollywood and all this other crap we allow uh, but They'll do things at a young age that they, people are like, oh, they had to have learned it somewhere. Yeah, they learned it from their innate selfish nature and from their innate evil darkness being born into sin. You know, because you could have the most loving parents in the world and a kid will still smack another kid. And they'll be like, he had to have learned it somewhere. Well, this, these, guys, these parents never fight in front of their kids and they never hit each other. So where do you think he learned it? And all they're watching is like Mickey Mouse Clubhouse and kid movies where kids aren't being smacked around. So I don't know. Where did he learn it? From himself. You know? Anywho. I digress. I got off on a tangent there. <laughs> I do believe we also teach our kids things. I'm not like taking blame off parents completely. I just feel like we are inherently evil. And until we, once we come to grips with that, then we won't look at kids and go, oh, no, not my daughter. My daughter would never do that. 
you know, and I know there are things that we know our kids would never do, but there are also things that our kids are fully capable of doing, and uh, we need to stop making excuses for them. I digress. I move on. Um, so, once again, I don't pretend like all of these relationships fell apart because of the other person. Uh, I just wish that I would have had a friendship last. I don't understand why, and I feel like I'm, and I, this is my feeling, because I know absolutely nothing. I'm not a mind reader. I know nothing. But I feel like I'm the one that pines its lost, loss. I'm the one that misses it, and they don't. And, and that could be part of the rejection spirit feeding into me. But I feel like all these people just go on their merry way and live their lives. And they may think about me once in a while, if they do at all. But it's, it's kind of just like, I want, like the casual thing. I wonder what she's doing now. I wonder how Julie is. Oh, I, know, I haven't thought of Julie in a long time. And I'm sitting here like literally consumed with like friendships I've lost. And how did I lose these? And, and whatever happened. Um, and there's a lot of like pessimism and negativity that's been fed into my soul that makes me feel like people aren't going to like me. And I think part of that, again, is the rejection spirit. Uh, but that people aren't going to like me. And so once they get too close, I need to start backing off because now's the point where they're going to reject me. And, it, and so I may feed into a lot of it. And I, once again, don't hold myself completely brainless. But um, I, had, I, I really fervently prayed for this. And then I received my answer and I got some amazing godly Christian friends. Um, and man alive, the devil was not going to have that. Uh, so he just destroyed the friendships <laughs> but in the end, the, the person that got destroyed the most was me. And I know you guys are like, oh, that's just you feeling sorry for yourself. But trust me, 100%, guys, the person that got destroyed the most was me. And proof of this is the fact that I was literally uninvited from a wedding like two days before it happened. I was uninvited from a wedding. Let that sink in just a minute. That's why whenever I get on social media and people are like, I just don't want them at my wedding. And people are like, oh, it's your day, sweetie. You invite who you want. I'm like, that is the most petty freaking thing in the world. I can understand not wanting someone at a birthday. You have one every year, God willing, you know. So if you don't want to invite someone to your 15th birthday or your 32nd birthday, it's fine. And then you make amends and on your 33rd, you let them back into your life and you... I mean, if it's safe to do so, guys, I'm not talking about just letting anybody come to your parties and crap. You know what I'm saying? But these are usually really stupid things. Like, it's my aunt, and she's always negative, and I don't want her at my wedding. Well, that's something that is going to, like, cause huge hurt and division for the rest of your natural lives. Because a wedding is a one-time thing, guys, unless you get divorced and remarry. But even then, I mean, consider this. Not only with this group of friends was I uninvited from a wedding, but even with my own sibling... The only sibling I have, I have a half-sibling, that's a lie. My full-blooded sibling, my older sibling, I was not even asked to be in his wedding. Like, I, I, I mean, seriously, guys, can you just think about this for a minute? I wasn't even asked to be in the, in the wedding. I'm his only sister. The only one he's got. And truth be told, his... Uh, his fiance didn't ask her sister either so <laughs> there was a whole lot of mismatched chaos going on there but I mean of all the things you would think you know and I've never ever 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 had a friend tell me when I get married I want you to be in my wedding ever even like just fake talking that really means absolutely nothing I've never had one say that to me ever 
So just so you guys know, <laughs> it, it's just been a long, and I, I know people are sitting here like, wow, you really feel sorry for yourself, don't you? But you got to understand, this has been a long-term situation. This has been my entire life. Um, with, the, uh, with a couple of exceptions. Like I said, my friend Andrea in high school, these group of ladies, but man, when that, when that ended, holy crap, in a shoebox, man. The devil knew what he was doing. And then, um, and then my friend Joyce uh, when I was an adult. But none of these people are in my life now, none of them. And in fact, those group of ladies won't have anything to do with me. Like, I wasn't even like the cause of the explosion of the friendships breaking apart. Two of them decided to leave the church, backslide, go back to sin, and then they came back. Um, and then one just ultimately, well, I chose to leave the church, and that's the biggest sin you can do, apparently, to choose to go to a different church. Um, that's apparently the biggest sin in the whole world. Heaven forfend you do that. And that's when everybody just cut me off. And, and, and then later, uh, still spreading that kind of dissension and hate, uh, the, the two that left the church and had come back, that's the one getting married. And I was invited by her to the wedding, but then people had to go, oh my goodness, did you not feel how tense it was? Oh my goodness, see, the voice of the devil. And that's how he sounds too. Oh my goodness, like, you can't invite her to your wedding. Couldn't you feel just attention? And guys, I want to let you know like how I um, was coming to this wedding was just to be able to share in that moment with her and I was like, dude, I can, I can even take photos for you because I love doing photography. Um, I can be your photographer. Like, we don't even have to have food. My mom and I can just come and be there. And I was still freaking uninvited, guys. I, I just, I can't get over it. That, that's the most painful thing for me. That was on, honestly when God said, you just need to like, because it affected my health, guys. Like, it like straight up gave me uh, physical ailments in response to that. I mean, I... It, I don't, I don't know how people could be that hateful. I, I've never experienced that in my entire life. And for that to happen after me being completely cut off from everybody for going to a different church, not backsliding, not f running off and, and fornicating, not committing murder, not becoming a drug addict, nothing. Oh, they have grace for all of that. But you go to a different church, they cannot have grace for that. But, I mean, at this point, like, I thought... You know what? A lot of healing had happened, and I reached out to one of the older adult women, like the, the mom, like my mom's age women, and she just ignored me. And, I, and I, I felt like God was like, no, you know, I had to release them from judgment. I had to move through all that stuff. But I just felt like God was like, that door is closed. So, you know, you just move on. But I've never had anyone cause me, and I've, guys, I've gone through some crap. I've never had someone cause me that much pain. And, and from that, um, I feel like the real me died. And that's going to lead into our final segment. All right, so we come to the last part of this. And it's already long, so I'm going to make this short and sweet. I just recently had this prayer again. I've been dealing with a lot of this stuff, like all the repercussions, all the backlashes, all the stuff, trying to deal with getting rid of this rejection spirit because um, I can really feel it here at this school. I felt it a lot at Disney English when I worked there. Uh, guys, you don't even want to know. I had one of those really embarrassing rejection moments that's just out there and undeniable for everybody to see it. And I've, I mean, I've been rejected before, obviously. I talked about that a little bit, but this was bad. I was like, Wow, like I cannot believe, I can't believe people are this heartless. It just drives me crazy. I will, maybe I'm just, maybe I'm just stupid, but I will rearrange my life so someone can feel included. You know, like I'll be like, oh, like I really want to do this. 
and I, but I don't want this person to feel this way, so I'm going to, you know, make it happen this way so that they can, I mean, I just, I will, like, manipulate circumstances and twist stuff around and, and even do stuff I don't want to do just so people feel accommodated and accepted, and I, no, you know, people don't do that for me. People will literally cancel plans on me because something better comes along, which I think is one of the rudest things in the world. Do I want to do this? No, but I'll get my butt out of bed and do it because we made the plans. And otherwise, a lot of people are like, you know what? This person wants to do this, and I want to do this. So I'm just going to cancel on you. Like, this happens so much. It's like, you know, that is the most selfish thing I've ever heard in my life. But anyway, I digress. Um, um, so I just recently had, like, this deep, that deep prayer again where I was literally crying tears. And I was calling out to God. And I'm like, I just want a friend, God. I like, I just want someone that can be my friend through all of my good days and all of my bad days. And I'm not talking about like condoning anything because that's not friendship. However, I want someone that can literally weather the storms of me while I weather the storms of them. And I know that people are going to casually, like one of the girls that I thought was my best friend would say is like, that's what your husband is for. It's like, yeah, um, but not all of us are called to marriage. So while I get that a spouse is essentially the one that weathers the you storms and you weather the they, they storms, um, some of us aren't called to marriage, so some of us aren't going to get that. So therefore, we would want it in the form of a friend, a friend that is faithful and sticks by you and actually wants to be with you. And, you know, you don't feel judged with them. I feel judged with most of my friends, with the exception being Andrea and Joyce. Those would be the two friends I never felt judged with. Andrea was an atheist, by the way, and Joyce was a Christian. So it's not like a determiner. These are the two, the two ladies that I never felt judged with. And I even brought my judgy attitude to Andrea once, and she was still my friend after that. I feel like, I mean, Joyce, we didn't know each other very long. So, so even though we, have a very, we had a very good friendship, and like we're not, we didn't break up on bad terms. We just like drifted apart because of life. Um, but for me, Andrea is the one that literally stuck with me through everything I mean, I, if I had to define what a friend truly would be, it's me and Andrea. And it was the same thing with us. We drifted apart because I was stupid. And um, essentially, like, uh, I graduated in the summer from high school because I was dumb. And she graduated on time because she's not dumb. Um, and then we just kind of, life got in the way. We drifted apart. We were able to see each other and reconnect again for a very brief period of time. But I was going through... Uh, I don't want to say I was going through my own selfish stage, but I was just, I was not being very Christian. And uh, she was living with a guy, so then we just kind of drifted apart again. And it just, well, like, I haven't heard or seen from her since. Uh, but if I had to pick, like, two people, because I, I, still, I still want to include Joyce, because I feel like she was definitely, she helped me through all that chaos. Because uh, she was there. Uh, she was, like, the bridge between um, the abusive chaos that that group turned into before I left that church and then like me being just completely demolished by their actions um, she was my bridge to get me through that and keep me safe her and my mom and then of course the church God put me in which had a lot of love and grace and mercy and helped me realize that church isn't just legalism and rules but it's about grace and love and mercy and kindness and engagement and all that good stuff so here's what the point of this podcast is. If you've listened this long, here's the deal. Loneliness is going to happen to us all, no matter what. You can be married and be lonely. You can be surrounded by really close and good friends and be lonely. 
you can be the most popular person in the world and be lonely. Loneliness is going to come. The issue is that when loneliness comes and you're alone, it's a lot flicking harder. And I feel like this is the thing. Like the Bible talks about how, uh, you know, two are better than one. And the Bible specifically talks about that. And a lot of people use that for marriage. I feel like that is just in regards to relationship. We should always have somebody. And that's easier said than done. I'm not pre pretending, obviously, because I'm 42 and I have nobody. I have my mom, guys, and I'm not like pretending like no one loves me and I'm so worthless. That's not about any of this. What I really want is connection. And what I really want is a friend. And I want a friend that, that is on fire for God because I, I can have a friend that like is not a Christian or that is like a spiritual person that, you know, basically excuses sin in their life while claiming that they're Christian. Um, but I want someone on fire. And that was something that was so prevalent and powerful about that group of women that the devil just could not tolerate because we were ushering in revival and the devil was like, oh, heck no. And because, and I'm not going to say it's only because we fell apart, but I believe because of the uh, pharisaical spirit in that church and especially the pharisaical spirit of those of that of everybody and the way that uh, our group just imploded um, that is why that church no longer exists because God was trying to save it and break its it definitely had a tyrannical approach and God was like trying to save this church because it had power it once had power, then it became very tyrannical and cultish, not going to lie. And then um, God was trying to ignite something, and we allowed the devil to just squash it. Um, guys, I was never, like, I was, if I was not at work and I was not at home, I was at church. I was at that church every single day with maybe one exception or two exceptions, um, because of the holiday, like they had like Mondays, we didn't have any kind of church services or prayer or anything. And then like, I think Saturdays, we didn't have anything. The church wasn't opened. Anytime that church was open, I was there. I would literally leave my office and drive to the church and I would sit in the parking lot in my car and I would spend time journaling and reading God's word and worshiping. And then when God gave me these friends, we would actually meet up before prayer and we would have our own personal Bible studies, worship times, Guys, I'm telling you, we would have changed the world. And if not the world, we would have changed Santa Fe. But because we allowed sin in, now I'm completely broken and devastated. And they just go on with their lives with not even a, a second thought. And, and the reason I can say that is because if they had a second thought, somebody would have reached out to me by now. This happened in 2010. 20, 2009, the very, you know, 2009 into 2010, because I turned 30 at the time. It has been over 12 years, and no one, none of them have reached out to me. Not one of them. And I have tried to reach out to them and have been rejected every time. And that is why I struggle. That is the only reason I love my life. I feel like I have a beautiful life. I am highly blessed, highly favored. I don't need a spouse. I'm not in any way, shape, or form called to marriage. I am called to just live out a single life on fire for God. Um, if at any point he tells me, you are now called to marriage, then life goes on and that is what it is. However, I am not called to marriage. I am called to live a powerful life with Christ. 
It's just every once in a while, guys, I enter these seasons of loneliness and it becomes so overwhelming to be alone. And once again, guys, I'm not talking about family because I have family and my family loves me and I can reach out to my family, although they're miles, miles and miles away right now because I live in China, but I can reach out to my family. I am very much loved. I'm not depressed, although that's technically not true because I, I know that I have depression, but I deal with it. Um, but the thing of it is, guys, like when you enter these seasons of loneliness and you already have a spirit of rejection and you are literally alone in the realm of friendship, it's difficult. So I don't know what the point of this podcast is, except that I wanted to explain where I'm coming from sometimes. And I'm looking forward to what God is going to do because I feel like he's opening doors right now, um, doors inside me so I can deal with stuff. And that way I can be used by him in a more powerful way. And so if any of you are struggling with the spirit of rejection or loneliness, please do not hesitate to reach out to me. Um, I will definitely pray for you. Um, I obviously don't have the answers because I'm struggling as well, but I can definitely pray for you. Um, and just if you are a Christian, legitimately a Christian, please pray for me. I don't want prayers from other people. I know that sounds really crazy, but I don't. I only want prayers from genuine Christians that are actually praying to Jesus Christ, uh, to God, not praying to whoever else you feel like praying to in whatever other way you do. I just want Christian prayers. That's what I want. I don't want well wishes or good feelings either. <laughs> just, I'm a Christian. I don't want any of that other mess in my life. Just Christianity. That's all there is. All right. God bless. Thanks for listening.